you that our series in this book is called Follow Me, and we're trying to, faith Ahola, we are trying to make good progress through the text so that we finish it before you are a grandmother. <laughs> yeah, all things being equal, uh, <laughs> that should take a while, young lady, uh, uh, but uh, but uh, no, actually, I get a little bit of uh, teasing from some of the teens who come occasionally visit my house. But uh, but we we want to we don't want to drag our feet, but we also aren't in a hurry to just skip past the words of Jesus, <laughs> right? Right? Because they're more they're more they're more precious than the finest gold. There's a lot more gold out there than there are words in red. Well, that was that was better than your response. There's a lot more gold out there than there are the words in red. We're talking about a valuable resource here that we should squeeze. That's good. That's good. Pastor Dab, I'm going to sit down there and start shouting my own self back if you don't help me out. You know, the quieter you are, the longer I go. There we go. There's always several in the crowd that light up. Yes. So the, the, but the series is called Follow Me, and follow me is what Matthew hears from Jesus, and it means be my disciple, but it, follow means, means, means when it comes to Jesus, it means to hear him, believe, and obey. Hear, believe, and obey. Would you just say it out loud with me? Hear, believe, and obey. And so along that li- those lines of hearing, believing, and obeying, we have found ourselves now in a passage in the book of Matthew where he is presenting some of the parables of Jesus. And in particular, when it comes to parables, these are things that we need to hear, to believe, and obey. Amen goes right there, in case you were wondering. Okay? Now, when we, when we listen to parables, we need to keep in mind that uh, there are some ways to interpret them. You say, well, why, how come there has to be rules? Well, because Jesus didn't, don't, don't get upset, this is all good, Jesus didn't invent the idea of parables, that's not new to Jesus. That was a rabbinical uh, tradition. It was a way that they taught. There are lots of Jewish parables. Okay? And because of that, it, it is a, it's a literary device. And there, are, there were ways that they understood and responded to them. They served a purpose. So they're not just simple stories. Don't you, I just, maybe, I, I get upset when people say, oh, Jesus, he was just a storyteller. Oh, no. Thank you. Thank you. Not just a storyteller. He wasn't Dr. Seuss or Mr. Rogers. Uh, these stories, in fact, many, you know, in fact, many of Jesus' stories aren't that pleasant if you understand them. Most of them are like, ah! And we get to an ah! one today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so, but when we, so here's the thing. So when you listen, when you, to, it, to interpret a parable, a couple of things to keep in mind. We mentioned this last week that most of them have a punchline, or maybe better stated, a plot twist. Something that doesn't fit, and that whatever doesn't fit, you should listen for, because that's part of the hook in the, in the story that's supposed to get in you and, go, and, and, and awaken something and call forth a response from you. Also, some other important things when we're studying parables is listen for the dialogue. Listen for who's talking and what is said uh, uh, between persons in the story. And then finally, and we'll hear this more, you'll get this more and more, always pay attention to what happens at the end. Okay? So plot twist, dialogue, last thing. Listen for those kinds of things. But, re- but regardless of all of those things, if you don't remember any of those... Remember this, 
Parables call for a response. If we just listen to them and go, "Ah, then we haven't heard. We haven't, then we have no ears. All right. So today, now I'm going to give you the spoiler alert. This is it. Here's spoiler. If you don't want to know what this parable is about, pick up your phone and surf the net for a minute. I'd say check the game, but not yet. Um, Yeah. In this parable that we're about to read today, Jesus teaches that his kingdom will grow and increase in influence until the great harvest of judgment. Even though there will be counterfeit and competition along the way, we as his people must not get distracted or discouraged, but remain patient and confident in the victorious hope of Christ's kingdom. Now, that, there's the, that's where we're headed. Are you ready for it? All right, let's pick it up at chapter 13, right at verse 24. I'm gonna, we're going to read Jesus' parable, and then we're going to jump to his explanation of it right away, and then we'll come back and take a look at the whole thing and see how it works. Ready? Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came. Oh, man. Have I ever told you to read the Bible out loud? Read the Bible out loud. It'll change your life. Read it out loud. It's fine to read it in your head quietly sometimes, but read it out loud, and then all of a sudden you'll get slapped by something awesome. His enemy came. This farmer, I didn't, I'm sorry. If I don't tell you this now, it's not in my notes, and I'll forget it. This farmer has an enemy. His enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, the wheat also appeared. Ta-da! The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, uh, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where do the weeds come from? The weeds don't belong. This is also not in my notes. And we have, it's only 10, so I got a minute. The weeds don't belong. The weeds are not natural. They're not supposed to be there. They are not the design of heaven. They are, as folks have said, an invasive, invasive species. Paul knows that because he knows about plants. Where did these weeds come from? Verse 28, an enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull those weeds up? Verse 29, no, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Verse 30, now I'm going to get another spoiler. I believe verse 30 is the axis upon which this whole conversation swings. Here it is. Let both grow together until harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them into bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Do you see that, there are only, that, that the farmer only gives two options? What are they? Burned or barn? That's it. The farmer says, burned or barn. There's not option three. I don't have time for stories about why there's only two options, but I've had so many stupid experiences in my life. But I'll tell you one real fast. When I was a teenager, I, was, I worked at Kleinline. When Kleinline, you could go there and stuff. And, uh, and it wasn't caution tape. And uh, I, work, I worked there, and we, my friend and I managed the, the uh, what's that thing called? The snack shack. Yeah. I, called it, I wanted to call it a convenience or a something. 
Con- concession, yeah, concession thing. But Snack Shack's probably the truth. Uh, I like to say I managed it, but really we just bought stuff and sold it, and there was a guy that owned it. Anyway, one day I went there, and uh, my friend was there. He got there before me, and, and another guy was working, and I, I was still there. And my fr- a friend of mine stepped in for my other friend, doesn't matter who it was. And uh, I saw him in there, and the parking lot at the time was all gravel, and, and I had my dad's uh, Chevy Nova. And, uh, and uh, he looked at me, and, he, and, and I thought, oh, yeah, I'm going to get him. And so, uh, so I, I, I dropped into a lower gear, popped the clutch, turned the, don't, anyway, I turned the, tur- you know what I'm talking about. I turned the steering wheel, and I just spent, and sprayed gravel all over my friend, and, you know, because I was hot riding my dad's car, and it was cool, and that was funny. Ha, 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 except for that the deputy sheriff happened to be around. <laughs> and after the dust settled, this came walking through the dust at me, and all this guy said was A or B. Yeah. A or B. A, you leave here and never come back, or B, something about, like, you know, you arrest me or something, you know. Like, I, he was either, I either had to leave and never come back or I was busted. A or B. And he didn't, he didn't give me C. Now, I tried to let him know that there needed to be a third option because I was a very valuable employee of the Klein line. But the more I kept trying to say, ah, but, 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 he, all he kept saying was A or B. <sighs> Burned or barn. Then he, then he, Jesus, verse 36, that was the end of that story. Verse 36. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Verse 36, then he left the crowd and went to the house. This is important, but you need to, this, that there, Jesus speaks or teaches differently than the crowds than he does the disciples. That's, not, that's important, but it's not the point. Then his disciples came to him and said, uh, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. And he said, meaning, now that should tell you something, because that's, that means that there was a plot twist in that parable. And maybe they didn't hear it, or maybe they didn't understand it, but they knew there was something they needed to understand. They had to respond, but they needed help. So he answered, the one who sowed the seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. See, there you go. Woe is the thing. That's what you, whoa, heavens. Yep, just got real up in here, okay? Okay. the harvest is at the end of the age, and the harvesters are the angels. How many think it just got real? Yeah. It's about to get real-er. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels. They will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. This is the, one of those stories that make us go, ah. So having, if, how, many, how many of you want to have ears? All right, let's lean in and let's try to hear, believe, and obey. Let's, let's understand what Jesus is saying. Let it challenge us just a little bit. So let's, starting at the beginning, uh, under, with, with Jesus' explanation, let's put that over a template here and look at this again. Jesus told them a parable, the kingdom of heaven is like. We, we, Jesus tells us parables to teach us about the kingdom. He wants us to know what it's like so that we can participate, so that we can obey, so that we'll be faithful, so that we'll be patient, so that we'll have the right perspective, so that we can be citizens of his kingdom. Everybody said, I got it. 
basket. Then he says, the Son of Man sows good seed into a field. Jesus Christ is the sower of the seed. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Jesus is the one who started this thing. This is Jesus' kingdom. This is his field. You are his people. And the field is the world. And the good seed are the people of his kingdom. He sows good. He sows his people into the world. Why do you sow seeds into a field? You sow a seed into a field for growth and for harvest. Friends, you have been sown into the world for the goal of growth and for an anticipation of harvest. Verse 25, but while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. Now, this is not necessarily a plot twist yet. It was not uncommon for feuding farmers to sabotage other fields. So even right now, they're like, oh, no, you know, that's happened. Okay? And just in case anybody wants to get too preachy, this is not, against, uh, this is not a warning against sleep. Well, oh, see, he was sleeping. <laughs> sleeping is God's idea. That's, don't moralize that part. Not plot twist yet. Verse 26, when, this, when the weeds sprouted and formed heads, the weeds also appeared. Ah, here we go. Now, likely Jesus' audience would have understood that these weeds were poisonous darnel. These were plants that had a similarity in appearance to the wheat. Uh, you could sort of, they, they, when they started off, they were a little bit different, but once they got midway, when, once they got mid-growth, the, the, that time the wheat, their, their roots would have intertwined. And the only way to really eventually tell them apart was to wait until harvest. And that's when they're, they're, they would be just different by, they would have a, diff, a different appearance at the end, and even their coloring would be different. You could tell them a difference. But the biggest difference, the most important difference between the darnel and the wheat is that dar, the darnel is poison. The, what the enemy sows is poisonous. And what Jesus sows is life-giving. The owner's servants came to him and said, Well, didn't, wait a minute. Didn't you sow good seed? Didn't you sow good seed? Where did the weeds come from? And here the answer of the farmer says, An enemy did this. The old King James, you guys might remember this. What did the old King James say? An, an, an enemy hath done this. An enemy hath done this. And Jesus called him, called, the, called this enemy, the farmer said, his, it's his enemy. Satan is at work in the world. The enemy, by, and, and let's just be clear here, the enemy referred to, Jesus makes it clear that we understand that the enemy was Satan. Not your neighbor or your boss. I'm not going to finish it because it's too, it's too, there's too much politically charged up for me to start naming other names. Okay. But it's not the name of the person you're mad at. That's not the person sowing the poison. Satan is at work in the world. Satan sows seed. And there are people who are, and the seed that he sows, Jesus said that these are people of the evil. And that's the NIV's more generic way of saying sons of the devil. Or sons of evil. Eesh. Now that's, the truth is that as this parable is already presented, there are only two kinds of seed. There are only, there's the farmer and his enemy. 
Listen to the parable. There's not, a, there's not three or four other agencies out there. So you've got, you've got the kingdom of God and the dominion of the devil. And both of these, these powers are at work in the world. And Ephesians chapter 2 actually tells us, when, he, when Paul writes to the Ephesian people, he said, remember how you used to live. You can look at it, 2 through 3. He said, you used to live uh, like the people who are right now under the power of the devil. He said, you used, to live, you used to follow the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. There is a, a dark spiritual power at work, energizing, aggravating those who are outside of the kingdom. That's, that's not a shame statement. That's like, yeah, take that. That's just a reality. So the servant said, do you want us to go and pull them up? The servants wanted to go and destroy the weeds right away. Isn't that an impulse we all can empathize with? Weeds, time to kill them. Something bad, let's deal with it right now. Let's wipe them out. This is, a, this is a sort of an impulse all of us have toward weedy behavior. I should say, it is an impulse we have toward the weedy behavior of others. Because we measure others by their worst behavior and ourselves by our best intentions. <laughs> if there's weeds anywhere else, get them! If there's weeds in our life, you need to understand. Weeds, let's get them. And, uh, and the farmer says, no, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Harvest at the wrong time would be detrimental. Harvest will come, but only at the timing of the farmer. But the farmer has a plan. Somebody say he has a plan. That farmer has a plan to solve the problem. What's his plan? Did my friend, Dr. Jared Jeffs, just say Burnham? Yeah. <laughs> Burner Barn is the second part of the plan. <laughs> Verse 30 is the plan. Here's, the, here's how. We, the problem is we've got the world and there's good seed and there's weeds in it. There's the problem. What's the solution? Verse 30. Here it is. Let both grow together until the harvest. Let them grow until the harvest. Let them grow until the, I'll say it, I'll say it one more time. Let it grow until the harvest. Now, if even one person starts singing, let it go or let it snow or anything like that, it's on you. Let it grow until the harvest. The farmer has a solution for the problem, and it is two-staged. First, the first stage of a solution is growth. His plan to solve the problem of weeds and wheat, the first plan is growth. That's going to help solve it. Then the second part we'll get to. The first, growth. There's weeds and there's wheat. What are we going to do? Oh, no, there's weeds. Here's the problem. We should get them. We should pull them up. We should panic. Why are we panicking over weeds? Because we know from the other parable that, that weeds come and choke out. Except for Jesus said, no, those are the weeds that are your fault. Those, those are your worries and your desires that choke you out. 
You should be worried about competing desires. What, Peter, what, what the Apostle Peter says, evil desires that war against your soul. Those are bad weeds. You should get rid of those right away. But in this one, he's talking about people. So the solution, he says, is let them grow. Now, this is where the, where I, you might have noticed that we skip two parables. But when we, Matthew has organized the words of Jesus on purpose. He has an agenda. So he has the, the parable and then the meaning of the parable. But between the parable and the meaning, he, has, he puts two more. Now, that's not him being crazy. He's, he, this is on purpose. So one more time, what does verse 30 say? Let them grow. One more time, let them Ah, then verse 31, then he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Now, wait a minute. I know you're thinking the plot twist is, oh, no, we can't let them grow because the weeds will kill them. What should we do? The weeds are out to get us. We will be overcome by the weeds. Is everyone panicking over the weeds? Yes, right now, please, panic over the weeds. What are we going to do about the weeds? They're going to win. The weeds will win. They always win. That's the truth. But he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his, in his field. Though it is the smallest of seeds, I'm out just in case anybody gets up. Is the mustard seed the smallest of all the seeds? No. No. Is, uh, is that, oh no, we found an error in the Bible. There, the Bible has error. Throw the whole thing out. That's what all of the atheist commentators in the, from the 1800s, I told you, if you love Freud and Darwin, you'll love the 1800 commentators. Okay? So, uh, so they say, oh look, it's not, the, it's not the smallest. It's wrong. The Bible's not an error. Throw it out. Jesus is using a euphemism. It's called a figure of speech, and the Jews use this one all the time. Anything small, they compared it to a that's what they did all the time. And so they know when he says mustard seed, they think, oh, you mean something very small and insignificant. Mm -hmm. So he says the kingdom is like a mustard seed, small, insignificant. And a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all the seeds, yet, yet when it grows, there. What was verse 30? Let them grow. What's the first stage of the farmer's solution? He says the kingdom is like a mustard seed. It's small when you put it there. It's small when it starts. Yet when it grows, it is the largest of the garden plants. Now, once again, they say, well, no, it's not. Mustard seeds aren't that big. Exactly. That's the plot twist. The plot twist is you didn't expect this kind of growth. You didn't expect that. See, Rome didn't even know Jesus had showed up. Most of the world had never heard of a, of a wandering Jewish rabbi. He never wrote a book. He didn't wander 30 miles outside of the radius of his birth city. Most people never heard of him. It was, he was the smallest, least significant, not, not rich, not famous, but he was as small as a mustard seed, but he was sown. And when it grew, he became the largest. The kingdom of God began unknown, unwitnessed, insignificant to the world. But when it grows, it becomes the largest tree in the field. 
We say, where in the world did something like this come from? It came because of the life in that seed was bigger than anybody ever knew. And that's the way of the kingdom. It may start insignificant. You may feel like you're insignificant. You may feel like it's just a one little church in the middle of a one little county in the middle of one little part of the North Pacific Northwest. But I'll tell you what, if you'll sow it, it'll grow. You may wonder, what good can I do? What's one good deed? What's one good word? What's one thing I do in the name of Jesus? That'll make a lick of beans, a hill of beans, a lick of difference. (laughs) Euphemism. But if you'll sow it, if you'll sow it, you don't have to call for attention. You don't have to make a selfie about it. You don't have to hashtag it. Just sow it. And if it grow, and as it grows, listen to what he says, it becomes the largest of the garden plants. It becomes a tree so that the birds of the birds come and perch on its branches. Matthew is winking at his audience there. You won't even catch it. Daniel chapter 4. Daniel chapter 4. The kingdom of Babylon under Nebuchadnezzar is described as a tree with branches that stretch out. And the birds come and find refuge. Meaning it was described as the largest, most influential nation on the planet. And Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like an insignificant mustard seed that will one day have more more, more power and influence than even Babylon. That's the plot twist. The kingdom's beginning was insignificant, but its end will be measurelessly magnificent. There's no need to panic over the weeds. What are we going to do about the weeds? Don't panic. Just let the kingdom grow. The weeds are no match. Oh, come on. You need to be. But this is the point of the parable is just let it grow. Just let it grow. Oh, what about the weeds? Ah, Let it grow. Do not measure Jesus. Do not measure his church. Do not measure anything you do in his name by the size of the start. (laughs) How many things you're afraid to do because you measure the size of the start? Oh, my Jesus. Don't measure the size of the start. That's too big to put on a shirt. Do not, do not, do not measure the size of the start. It's going to just let it grow. Come on, someone say it out loud. Let it grow. And it will come. Its branches will stretch out across the planet. And right now, people from every tribe and nation and tongue all over this world are naming the name of Jesus. My, my Uncle Larry tells of a time when he was working with another evangelist overseas. And he said, he says, Brian, I'll never forget the sounds of tens of thousands of Muslims in an arena all crying out the name of Jesus. <laughs> what about the weeds? <laughs> They're toast. I mean, literally. <laughs> but just, there's no competition. <laughs> and in case you didn't get it, He told them yet another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds 
of flour. Thank you, Laura Lee, because it's, on Saturday, there was no bakers in the room. So I'm trying to talk about dough and flour, and they're like, well, yeah. But see, there's the plot twist. 60 pounds of dough of flour until it works through the whole dough. So what is it? He says, the kingdom of God is like taking a little pinch of that sourdough. Little pinch. Beep, beep. That little tiny pinch is nothing compared to this 60-pound lump. What good can this do in here? Jesus said, until it worked all through the dough. You just, but here's the do. You, you, you stick that in there, and you start obeying. You start praying, you start obeying, you start believing. You start hearing, you start believing, you start obeying. You hear, you believe, and obey, and oh my Jesus, now that entire lump of dough is leavened. It works, it works, it works. You start, you start coming to church and you just start sowing little, little pinches of dough prayer for your family. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. You know who I'm talking about, third row. I'm even right at you. Oh, you show up. You show up on some random morning. You wander into a church you've never been before and said, here I am. I play a little guitar. By the way, I'm praying for my family. They're all over the place. They're all over the place. And then it worked its way through. <laughs> that dough is hopeless. It's over. The minute that pinch gets in there, all it needs is some, that, just, that, that yeast just needs somebody to believe and obey. <laughs> oh no, what are we going to do? There's this whole lump of dough that's, that's, that's got nothing. Ooh, it just needs somebody to believe and obey. The farmer's plan is to let it grow. Somebody say it one more time, let it grow. The kingdom of heaven, the people of the kingdom will, will grow far and wide into every nation in the world. And the influence of this kingdom will overtake the whole world. All you need to do is let it grow. Let it grow. I know, I know, because you can look around and say, it doesn't look great out there right now. There's some stuff happening. I know. Don't panic over the weeds. Don't panic over the weeds. That's what the parable is for. What are we going to do? Grow. What's the solution? Let it grow. What's the solution for all the stuff out there? It's the church is to grow. The church, it's not time. It's not time for you to hide under a bushel. It's not time for you to wait at the bus stop for the first bus out of here. God, I hope the rapture comes. I'm getting out of here. No, you need to grow. You need to grow. You need to grow. The whole, the whole world needs you. He has sown you into the world. Not so that you can get out of it. Let's get out of here. Let it grow. You don't have to yell and scream and fight. Grow. The world need Until harvest. That's 1027, so I got to quit. Harvest is the final part of the plan. Verse 30, the farmer says in the parable proper, at that time, harvest, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them into bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. 
until either burn or barn. The harvest, Jesus says in verse 39, the harvest is the end of the age. And the harvesters are the angels as the weeds are pulled up and burned into the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels out and they will weed out of his kingdom. See, now it's reversed. Now it's not the weeds that are invading, right? They're not, they're, now it's, look at, now we have, so the, the weeds are gonna be pulled out, but what's, what's bigger now, the weeds or the kingdom? Bigger. They will weed out of his kingdom. Everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the burning furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We will hear that phrase again. A a blazing furnace where there will be weeping, there will be agony and anger. Verse 43, then the righteous will shine like the sun. Friends, our job is to grow, but there will be a harvest. There will be a judgment that is to come. Evil and all who practice it will be thrown into a blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus has stopped allegorizing a long time ago, and he's telling us plainly. Revelation chapter 14 describes this, uh, 14 14 through 19. If you want to look at it later, just write it down. John the Revelator sees a harvest where where, uh, uh, concurrently two different batches of angels are sent out with sharp sickles, one for harvest and one for wrath. Revelation 20 and 21. uh, Pull that up for us, Faith, and they can see the scriptures there. There, Just leave that there. If you want to scribble something down or you're watching online, Revelation 20 and 21 both reveal how things end. That Revelation 20 tells us that there's a great white throne of judgment and that everybody is brought before the throne of God and judged according to the books. And then whoever's name is not in the Lamb's book of life is cast into the lake of fire. But verse 21 says that there's a new creation. And he's, he's, verse 2 says, I saw the holy city. Remember, Jesus said the righteous will shine. Listen, listen to how they shine. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming out of, the, out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now with the people, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them, and he will be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Jesus says, whoever has ears, let them hear. How do we respond to this parable? Well, we hear, believe, and obey, right? We, first of all, we need to understand from this parable what is happening in the world. Don't panic over the weeds. There's weeds and there's wheat. You need to trust the growth of the kingdom. Judgment is coming, but your job is growth and influence. Your job is to believe the growth, the power of the kingdom. Your job, if I can just, your job is to believe what is in you. That you are a part of something that will rise, that will spread, that will overcome. And ultimately, ultimately, It'll, it'll, it'll overcome all along the way and will ultimately be completely victorious. You are a, you are a part of God's great plan to, to sow his kingdom for growth and influence in the world. You need to believe what is in you. 
Your job is growth and influence. His is judgment. But every one of us need to hear and heed the warning of judgment. There will be judgment, and you won't be able to cancel it. You won't be able to protest it. You must shun it. There is a hell to shun, but more importantly, there is a heaven to gain. And for you who name the name of Jesus, there is a hope that will fuel your patience, your faith, your endurance, and your joy. It is the hope of heaven. Do you have ears? Do you have ears? Are you listening? Let's stand together and close. Let me ask you to bow your heads across this house, and if you're with us online, please stay with us. Don't click off quite yet. There's a sense that until, until the harvest, you have a choice whether you want to be a weed or a wheat. A weed is someone who lives under the dominion, the influence, the rule of the devil. You might say, I don't think I'm that. Friend, I, Jesus only gave us two choices. You're either a follower of Jesus or you are still under the tyrannic influence of the devil. But Jesus came to set you free. Jesus came to save you and to sow you. (laughs) So whether you're watching online or you're in this room this morning, you need to make a decision. You need to make sure that you have said, I will follow Jesus. You might say, well, how do I know? You know. If you don't know, then you don't. You haven't. If you're not sure, all you need, you, you need to hear the word of Jesus that says, follow me. And you say, Lord Jesus, I follow you. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. I surrender to you. Come and live in my life. Come and be my Lord. Forgive me of my sin. Fill me with your spirit that I will, so I can follow you. Fill me with your spirit so I can follow you. Now everybody in the room, take your hands like this maybe. Just, I want you to imagine, this, your, your hands are too big for a mustard seed to fit in there. But you might imagine a mustard seed or just, or just a little pinch of that dough. And here's what I want to say to you. No matter where you are today, do not, do not measure the size of your start. Visualize. Visualize the size of your finish. Take your life today fresh and say, Lord Jesus, I will grow. I will hear. I will believe. I will obey. I will grow. I will follow Jesus by the power of the Spirit. Lord, let my life be as powerful as a mustard seed or a little pinch of yeast. Take my life and change the world. 
take my life and change my world. This we ask in Jesus' name. If you believe that, would somebody say amen? Amen. All right. Can we close by just giving the Lord an offering of gratitude and praise this morning? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right, I've gone, I've gone six minutes over, but uh, there's still some fellowship time. If you need to go, may the Lord bless you. May, be you. may you be kind to one another. But get out there and grow. Get out there and grow. Be kind to somebody. I'll hang back just for a minute. If anybody would like an, a word of prayer, I'll pray with you. But otherwise, God bless you. Let's play some happy go-home music, will you? Something very good, something good is going on around.